Blog Talk Radio.
center of it all. He's certainly at the center of my life. I'm so very grateful to God. I want to welcome you tonight to Reaching Out Radio in the Word with Sister Pearl this Sunday evening. God bless you. It's been a while since um, I've been with you, but I'm so grateful to be again. I want to welcome all of our listening audience, wherever you might be listening from, whether it's from the United States of America or Canada, our next-door neighbors, or South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, wherever you happen to be listening from, welcome, welcome. You might even be listening from um, some place that I did not mention, but just know that you are so welcome, and uh, what a privilege to be with you. I want to give a very special shout out to Evangelist Montel Fields. Thank you for the blessing that you are in my life, but not only in my life, to all of the other wonderful hosts and hostesses that you have on Reaching Out Radio. And I want to say thank you for the hundreds of thousands of people that are blessed to be able to hear this Reaching Out Radio program want to thank you so much. And a special shout out to the wonderful continent of Asia. God bless you. I know I have some listeners tonight listening in from China and from the Philippines and from different countries within Asia. So I want to give you a special welcome and shout out as well. 
I'm so excited for the message that God has given me, um, and I'm going to share it with you in just about a moment. But I want us to just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and have his divine will and way in what is going to be shared. Because at the end of the day, we want Jesus and Jesus alone to be highly exalted, to be lifted up. Amen. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men, and that includes women, and that includes boys and girls and teens. I will draw all manner of humanity unto myself. So let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to touch each and every heart that is listening right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so grateful for this privilege, Lord God, to be able to come and have the honor of uh, breaking the precious bread of life. Lord, we know that your word is already anointed. It is already sharp. It's already powerful. It can do everything that we need it to do so that we can walk in success into our God-given destiny in life that you have purposed and ordained for us from the beginning of the world. Father, we ask you to let your name be exalted. Captivate hearts, captivate minds, captivate spirits today. We pray, oh God, that no one will leave here confused, but will leave knowing that Jesus is the only answer for our lives today, the only way. And you said so clearly in John chapter 14 and verse 6 that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And so, Lord God, we thank you that you are going to do some tremendous things today. Open up our understanding and be honored. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Well, God bless you again. I'm going to read just one verse from Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. It's a wonderful book. Isaiah was a wonderful prophet of God. And he says this in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? What you and I believe is critically important. And this is why those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we are known as believers because we believe in Jesus. We believe in what the word of God says. We believe that God is who he says he is. Actually, I'm purposefully choosing to identify myself these days as a Bible-believing child of God more than just aligning myself and telling people, well, I'm a Christian. And the reason that I'm doing this is because so many people now are using that phrase, which literally means follower of Christ. And yet so many people are quick to say I'm a Christian, and they don't, they don't even believe what Jesus says. They don't respect the word of God. They don't honor the word of God. They create their own version of Jesus Christ and follow that. But that's not what's in the word of God. So I specifically 
have made it my business to call myself and identify myself right now in these years that I'm living in now as a Bible-believing child of God. I believe God. And if you're with me, we believe God. We believe that only he has the power and authority to give us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, that's taken from Second Peter chapter 1, verses, I'm going to read it for you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything, I want to say that again, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Do we truly believe this precious promise from God? In this critical time in which you and I are living in, we really have to ask ourselves these very important questions. Whose voice exactly are we listening to? This is the decade when not even every pastor preaching from the pulpit believes in the complete infallibility of the word of God. So one needs to know who is teaching, who is preaching, and who you are allowing to speak into your life for sure in 2021. Now, I remember, I'm going to age myself right here. But you know what? God has been very good to me. I don't mind. Uh, God has been very gracious to me. So I'm just going to keep it real and tell it like it is. I remember growing up in the public school system even more than four decades ago, uh, more like five decades ago, in in one of the major U.S. cities, going to kindergarten and first grade, and our principal, I still remember his name. Can you imagine that? Over 50 years ago, I still remember my principal's name from elementary school. I can't tell you the principal in junior high school or even high school. But I remember this principal's name from elementary school. His name was Joseph Paul. And he read from the Bible every assembly at least once a week. And this was in public school. However, a woman by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare took the public school system to the U.S. Supreme Court and had prayer taken out of the school system nationally. Now, I'm not going to take time to discuss much about the tragic results of such a horrific decision, but anyone interested to and cares about children can see the consequences of such a ruling. Keep in mind, that the entire concept of public schools were established by the Puritans who came to these beautiful shores in America seeking religious freedom. Of course, America wasn't called America. This is the same place where they came, the Puritans. And what they were seeking was not freedom from religion, but they wanted the ability to freely, now listen to this, instruct children how to read, 
for the express reason of them being able to read the Holy Bible and be taught the ways of the Lord that leads to life. Wow. That's the reason behind the beginning of public schools in America. How far we have fallen from that. Not only are we not allowing the Bible to be read in public schools, but now there seems to be a literal disdain for the word of God in public schools. So we went from establishing public schools for the express and specific reason to allow little boys and little girls to grow up with the ability to read, read enough to read even the King James Bible, read it and have an understanding of what they're reading and be able to to be taught in the ways of the Lord. Again, I, I want to read to you what I just read before from Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. According as his divine power. See, there's power in the word of God. And when we read the word of God, the power of God gives us the understanding that all things that pertain to life in God through the knowledge, knowing about who this great God is, the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, I would dare tell all of you that are listening, the great majority of people, sadly, today that are living around the world don't even know why they have been placed on this planet. So let me just uh, say something to you that might be new for the majority of you. You have been placed on planet Earth to declare the glory of God and to walk in your God-given calling and destiny and purpose. But when we're not allowed to have exposure to the word of God, to understand God's promise for us, to understand God's plan for us, a lot of things go awry in our life. We've got to know what the report of the Lord is in order to be able to believe that. I really believe that this teaching that I'm giving tonight is not going to be finished tonight. It's going to be probably a two to three part teaching because it is so critical to each and every one of us, myself first, to be able to give the right response To whose report are you going to believe right now? So let's go back to our our story about how Madeline Murray O'Hare was allowed to remove prayer from the public schools in the United States of America. In effect, what the U.S. Supreme Court allowed was not freedom, but by removing the word of God, which brings and leads to life, the erasing of God's word brings death and ungodliness. Always remember that. God brings life. The devil brings death. 
God brings light. The enemy brings darkness. Think about it. Over five decades, children were taught that there is a, um, a wonderful heavenly father who loves them, a goal. And for decades prior to that, children were taught that, hey, there's a, a wonderful God who loves them and has a great plan for their life. But now in 2021, there are those in the media and in politics that are pressing and pushing hard to teach children as young as three years of age and older that they can be any gender they so desire, regardless of how God created them. Now, remember tonight, we're looking at the question, whose report will you believe? I want to give a quick plug, just for a minute, this is a side, for a great resource concerning faith in Jesus Christ. There are two books by a gentleman that was named Paul E. Little, Paul E. Little. One of the books is Know What You Believe. Other book is entitled Know Why You Believe. And both of those books are talking about knowing what you believe concerning God and his word. And then the other book is why you believe what you believe concerning God and his word. And again, those two books are by a man that was named Paul E. Little, L-I-T-T-L-E. I find it absolutely amazing that mankind has been in existence for thousands of years. Nevertheless, the human race is still falling for the same type scam which Satan, the devil, the serpent, used back with the very first mother and father, Adam and Eve. When in the world will people, specifically God's people, wake up? From the very beginning of humankind, you and I are faced with a very important question. Think about it. Even though the serpent, I'm talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, created by Almighty God, living in peace with God, living in harmony with all of God's creation. They were made higher than all of God's creation. Even they were made a little bit higher than the angels. Can you imagine that? And so the serpent was certainly nowhere on the level that God had made Adam and Eve because when God made Adam and Eve, he made them after his likeness and after his own image. So even though the serpent did not specifically say the words, whose report will you believe? He certainly challenged Eve with that unspoken question. He pitted what he said against what God instructed Adam in the garden. God told Adam in Genesis chapter 2, Verses 16 through 17, the Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, God said one thing and the serpent said another, contrary to what God said. Now, Eve is left with a decision. Whose voice? Will she listen to? More importantly, whose word will she believe and honor? 
believe her first grave mistake was to entertain the serpent in the first place. Now, why on earth would Eve even give the serpent the time of day? He was, after all, a snake. The serpent was subservient, less important, subordinate to Eve. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, do we believe God? Told Adam and Eve who made, God told Adam and Eve from the very first beginning that he had placed them above all of the other creation. Do we believe God? Told Adam and Eve they're to rule and, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the cattle, which when I researched the Hebraic word for cattle in Genesis chapter 1, it means more than simply cattle, as in cows or bison or a herd of moose. Cattle in this context means animals, all animals, whether they be domesticated or wild. So why would Eve think about it? Why would Eve be following the advice of a creature who was not equal to her? Why would they listen to one of God's creations who could never create, who could never give instruction to God? This is the real question. No wonder Jesus said to Martha, and I'm talking about the New Testament, Lazarus, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? This is what was quoted in John chapter 11 and verse 40. Why am I even bringing up Martha and Lazarus? I'll tell you why. Because in the book of John chapter 11 and verse 40, if you read that whole story, the whole chapter of 11, Lazarus was a great friend of Jesus, but Lazarus died, and Jesus did not get to him in time because Jesus was in another town attending to other business. Now, Lazarus had laid dead for four long days. So when I say he was dead, he was dead, dead, and buried already. And yet when Jesus came to town four days after Lazarus was already put in the tomb and everybody's mourning and everybody's crying and everybody's upset, everybody's weeping, everybody's sad, Jesus turned to one of Lazarus' sisters, Martha, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Now, we don't have time to go into that whole story, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead. This is the kind of God that you and I serve. 
He has all power. This is the same God that created the heavens, the universe, the stars, the sky, the seas, the earth, the trees, the animals, Adam and Eve. And the devil in the disguise of the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, he's actually going to have the nerve and the audacity to approach two people who God made much higher than him contradict what God said. Now, I want you to think very seriously about this. And you might be saying, well, Sister Pearl, why are we going back to the story about Adam and Eve? I'll tell you why. Because the enemy of your soul and my soul is using the same strategy and scam that he did back in Genesis 3. This is very serious. Who do you believe? You've been listening to the sound of my voice. Who do you believe, thousand and twenty-one? And what does the word believe even mean? It means accept as true. Feel sure of the truth. Be convinced by. Trust and have confidence in. Consider that this is the honest telling of the story. It's the truth. And you accept it as truth. You give credence to it. You give credit to it. You put your confidence in it. You count on it. You rely on it. You depend on it as the truth. What I really believe my assignment is in this message that God has given me for you and for me is to lay down and repair important foundational truths. Truth as is only found in Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The sad reality is that I would estimate the great majority of the American church, and even some of the church outside of America, maybe some parts in Australia and in Europe, definitely, South America, Asia, Africa, there's, there's, there's a, a body of people that claim to be believers in all of these areas, and they have forgotten this great real truth and reality, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. One cannot look at life in a genuine manner while excluding who God is. I want you to think about that in 2021, where everybody's talking about a global pandemic. I want you to go back to what God says. John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 teaches us that through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the life of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let us briefly go back to our story, because I want to build foundation 
I want to remind us, remind myself, remind you of the discourse between Eve and the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now, the serpent said to the woman, indeed, God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, no. Well, she didn't say the word no. She just corrected him, and she said what really God said. She said no. From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. Do you see how tricky and cunning the devil is? Let me go back. Let me let, me let you hear it again. The first thing that came out of the devil's mouth was, indeed, God, has God said you shall not any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the wicked serpent said the opposite and contorted and gave the reverse of what God said. That's what he's doing today, my friends. God is saying one thing, and the devil is saying something else constantly. These are life-changing and lasting consequences. There are always life-changing and lasting consequences consequences when you and I choose to listen to a wrong report rather than the right and correct report. Nothing could be clearer than in the record of what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. We are now at least 2,000 years since the time of Christ and thousands of years past that of Adam and Eve, yet so much of the world, specifically those claiming to be a part of the church, are seemingly still grappling with whose report they're going to believe. Sadly, Adam and Eve believed the report of the serpent over and above what God had told them and commanded them. Now, that was a big, big, not just mistake, but grave and great sin. Why? Because they disobeyed God. People today are still blaming Eve for most of the ills that befall humanity. However, the Holy Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because now all sin. As it was Adam, Adam was the one whom God commanded in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Let me read it for you so you'll know what Sister Pearl's saying is true. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, this, now listen to this. This is important. Please understand this. God told this to Adam prior to God creating Eve. Let me say it again. 
God gave this instruction to Adam, the first man he created, before Eve was ever created, before she existed. Adam was given these instructions. So in other words, Eve did not even exist when God gave Adam the authority to care for the garden. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That was verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2. Then I've heard people say that, well, it was Eve who made Adam eat the forbidden fruit. Now, while Eve definitely has her own share of blame in that fateful event, Adam was right there doing the entire conversation and did not say one word, but simply went along with the worst possible decision. Here it goes, Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and here goes, here goes what always is a big temptation, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. Let me read that again. Who was with her. So during this whole transaction of her listening to the serpent, of her sadly disobeying God and, 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 and obeying the instructions of the enemy, the serpent, Adam was with her the whole time. The Bible says he was with her and he ate it. This, this thing about who you're listening to is so key is so key. Now, the focus of this message tonight is not about Adam and Eve and what happened with them in the garden, but I am building foundational truth which allows us to understand that what we do can either benefit or adversely affect ourselves and others. In the case of the first father and mother of mankind, we are now all born in sin. We're all shaped in iniquity because of their actions. Their disobedience gave an open door for sin to enter the world. Now, I must ask myself, and you should be asking yourself, whose report am I believing and why am I believing it? In this critical day, we need to answer correctly to the question of whose report we're going to Belief, story in Acts, in the book of Acts, when literally Paul and Silas were put in jail, all right? You can find that story in Acts chapter 16. But you find these men of God, Paul and Silas, they were put in jail. Why did they get put in jail? They were put in jail because the Spirit of God was so upon them that they began to minister to the people. And at one point, they encountered a young woman who was filled with demons, and she was making money for her employer uh, by, by a spirit of divination. So in other words, she, she, she was using the to be able to tell people about what was going on and what was happening in their lives. And so their, her employers were making big bucks. But it was, it was 
from evil. It was from an evil spirit. And so Paul and Silas cast out her evil, the evil spirit from her so she could no longer do her evil work. And then her employers were livid. They were so angry. And, and they called for the, the heads of the town to put these two men, Paul and Silas, in jail. So here you go with Paul and Silas are in jail. Paul and Silas are having a great time because God is using them. See, when you're filled with the spirit of God and you have his uh, power living inside of you, even in a prison cell, you can rejoice. You can praise God. Uh, you can sing. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it, it was about midnight that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that even the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. I want to say to you that this is what God does for those that they might not be in a physical prison. They might not be in a, in, in lock, in a lockup, in a jail. They might not be behind bars, but the enemy keeps all of us that are outside of the knowledge of Jesus Christ that have, have don't know what it is to be born again, don't know what it is to have the spirit of God living on the inside. We are just like those people that are in jail. We're, 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 we've got a lot of chains around us, ropes around us. We're bound. We're not free. But Jesus said, I have come to to save you and to, to give you freedom, to break those chains off of you. That's why the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So anyway, I mean, pandemonium took place in that jail. Then the jailer who was in charge of them, he had previously been sleeping, but now he was, a, he was awoken. The jailer saw that the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword. He was about ready to kill himself because he knew that if those prison doors were opened and all those prisoners got out and escaped, it was over for him. His employers would kill him in a hot minute. It would have been over. So he decided he was just going to get ready and kill himself. He was going to commit suicide, thinking that all the prisoners had escaped. The loud voice saying, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the jailer asked for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Here goes the important answer to his question. And they said, meaning Paul and Silas, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and your household. Wow. Believe in God and you will be saved. But not only you, your entire household. Do you understand? You and your household will be saved. For those of you, and of course, the jailer did believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was saved. 
But now let's go back to our story with Adam and Eve. How different would their lives have been had they not listened to the serpent but just continued to believe God and what he said and take his instructions? They could be living today in the garden without sweat, without pain, without disease, just in the presence of God. That's it. Enjoying God's presence 24-7. You and I have to think very carefully in the days that we're living in. That's why I said this is going to have to be a three-part session because there's been so much wrong believing, wrong thinking, taking what the enemy says and putting that, fitting that against what God says and then believing, that's the worst part, believing what the enemy says over what God says. Are you kidding me? When the enemy does not offer life, he cannot cannot give what he doesn't have. Only God gives life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I come to give life and that in abundance. Now, thank God, because of God's mercy and God's goodness, God did not utterly destroy Adam and Eve, but he did make them leave the garden. They were asked to leave the garden. I can't get into the whole story. But they did not experience the highest that God had for them because of disobedience. And you and I are not going to receive the best that God has for us. And we're going to be living in torment if we don't believe the truth because only the truth sets us free. Only the truth will set us free. So no wonder, no wonder, so many people are living in confusion. So many people are taking psych meds. People taking, I would say the majority of people taking psychiatric medication, some of them don't need it. What, what they need is to be delivered from the devil and the world possessing them and demons possessing them. They need to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah asked that extremely important question. Who has believed our report? And to who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, we're going to go into this more next Sunday, God willing. Because we need to see the arm of the Lord being revealed. A lot of stuff that we're hearing today, a lot of different stories, a lot of different reports. This side is saying this, this other side is saying that. You know, how would we know even all these great stories that we read in the Word of God if those people did not believe God? If they didn't believe that God was who he said he was, guess what? We would never have experienced all of, of the wonderful things that God did for them. I'm thinking of, of Moses. Moses. I'm thinking about Abraham. Abraham, who's called the father of our faith. Why? 
Why was he called the father of our faith? Because he believed God. Can you imagine being in the, in the shoes of Abraham for decades not having any children? And then when he did have the first child, it wasn't even the promised child. It was a child by his wife's maid, which was not the promised child. But then even in his old, old age, God answered his desire for his own child by Sarah, his wife. And God gave that promise to him. And God fulfilled that promise. But he believed God to the point that when God asked him to sacrifice his only son from Sarah at that time, Isaac, without question, Abraham was willing, preparing Isaac as a sacrifice to God, believing that God would do the miraculous, and he certainly did. At the end, he never really had to sacrifice Isaac. But God stopped him just in the nick of time and provided a lamb in its place. That's a very rich story. We won't go into that tonight. But again, he's called the father of our faith because he believed God. In Moses' time, he listened to God. At least the great majority of time, he did listen to God. He was able to lead the children of Israel across the Red Sea safely on dry land. Why? Because he believed God. And because he believed God, Moses and all the children of Israel were saved. It's so important, child of God, to believe God over what the devil is saying. I'm watching things. I'm about to close in a few minutes. I'm watching things. And I'm watching situations, and I'm watching people in our world today, and I'm seeing a whole lot of people that claim to believe in God doing things very contrary to God. They are revealing who they're really believing. And I'm marking that. I'm marking who is doing what. It's very obvious. They're doing this in plain sight. The enemy has now come out in plain sight. And you and I, we have a responsibility if we are really, truly believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to honor God. You know what happened with Eve in the garden? She didn't respect God's word. She respected the word of the serpent. Now, that's hard, but that's true. If she respected what God said, she would have done what God said and not what the enemy says. And if we respect God, if we honor God and what God says, then we will humble ourselves in the hands of Almighty God and do what he says. Remember, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is God, and that Word in John one fourteen dwelt 
among men. So that word became flesh and dwelt on the earth for a period of 33 years. Now, whose word are we going to believe? Which is the devil, Satan's word? Or are we going to believe God's word? I want to go back to that story in Acts chapter 16. When the jailer was beside himself, scared, so scared, ready to commit suicide, ready to kill himself. And a lot of people feel like that right now. Some of you that are listening to my voice feel like taking your own life. I'm going to tell you that is not from God. That sense that you want to end your life is not from God. That's from the devil. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God has come that you might have life, you might have it in abundance. And the same thing that Paul and Silas told that jailer, I'm speaking to you tonight under the authority and the power of the real and only true living God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And remember, when you receive and believe the right report, it is never just about you. But it will affect everyone that you have influence with. And don't tell me that you don't have influence with people. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you can listen to my voice and understand what I'm saying, I can promise you, I guarantee you that you are a person of influence. There are people looking to you, looking to see what you do. Some of them are going to copy what you do, but it's going to impact their lives. Pray with me if you want to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior to deliver you from your sins. That means all those things that you did to, to go away from God and to disobey God. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come. And I recognize that I am a sinner. That I've been doing my own thing. That I've been following what the serpent, what the Satan, the devil tells me to do. And what I want to do of my own that is contrary to what you tell me to do. God, forgive me. Wash me in the blood that Jesus shed for me on Calvary's cross. I repent. I turn from my sin. And I ask you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, to come and live inside of me. From this moment on, I follow you. You lead, you guide. Teach me to love you. Teach me to honor you. Teach me how to live for you. Teach me how to obey you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing my prayer, answering me and making me your child. God bless you if you prayed that prayer with me. Please stay tuned for next Sunday evening, same time, same place, and we're going to continue. Whose report will you believe? God bless you. This is your sister Pearl. Love you very much, but God loves you so much more. God bless you. Take care now. Bye-bye.